been so faithful to us, even through this unusual time of our country's history. We're so grateful to God, aren't we? Amen. God has been so kind to us. We're going to get our Bibles now and go to Luke chapter 8. If you have your Bibles, Luke chapter 8. Matthew, is it on? Okay. No, can't hear it over there. Can I turn it up just for a minute? Okay, how about now? Can you hear it now? A little bit. Okay. How about you, Russell? Okay. Very good. Those of you wearing sunglasses, I can't tell if your eyes are open. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Luke chapter 8 is where we are. Luke chapter 8 this morning. In 1950, the great Scottish-American preacher Peter Marshall stood before the United States Senate and said this, the modern challenge to motherhood is the eternal challenge that of being a godly woman. The very phrase godly woman sounds strange in men's ears. We never hear it much. We hear about every other kind of woman, beautiful women, smart women, sophisticated women, career women, talented women, divorced women. But so seldom do we hear of a godly woman or of a godly man either, for that matter. Went on to say, I believe women come nearer fulfilling their God-given function in the home than anywhere else. It is a much nobler thing to be a good wife than to be Miss America. It is a greater achievement to establish a Christian home than to produce a second-rate novel filled with filth. It is a far, far better thing in the realm of morals to be old-fashioned than to be modern. The world has enough women who know how to hold their cocktails, who have lost all their illusions and their faith. The world has enough women who know how to be smart, it needs women who are willing to be simple. The world has enough women who know how to be brilliant. It needs some who will be brave. The world has enough women who are popular. It needs more who are pure. We need women and men, too, who would rather be morally right than socially correct. Remember that we are fighting for the Lord. And God prioritizes motherhood and the home as the highest calling of womanhood, that the word of God be not blasphemed. That's strong. That the word of God be not blasphemed, Titus 2.5. Our prayer is may God fill our churches with faithful mothers. May God help Berean Baptist and the mothers here. To continue walking with God. This morning we're in Luke chapter 8. We've been going through Luke in Sunday school. And when I got to this passage this past year and was working through it, the Lord spoke to my heart then and again now that this is our Mother's Day passage for the year. Luke chapter 8, although it is about godly women generally, I think it could apply uh, to each of us. Luke chapter 8, and let's read verses 1 through 3. 
Bible says in Luke chapter 8, And it came to pass afterwards that he went throughout every city and village, preaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him, and certain women, which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. And then you have some listed, don't you? Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils. And Johanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's steward. I take it that she probably had an infirmity. And Susanna, and many others, which ministered unto him, unto Jesus, of their substance. Women who followed Jesus and ministered to him in his earthly ministry out of their substance. Now, if you were to invite Pastor Lang over to your house for dinner, and um, maybe you didn't know me so well, and you said, we'd like to have you over for a nice quiet dinner. I would say that would be great. My wife and I are pretty quiet. But, and there's Micaiah. And then there's Cassia. And then there's Silana, and Sophia, and Marilee, and Josiah, and Elijah, and Jubilee. And by that time, some of you would say, why don't we just pray together right here and we'll say goodbye. That'd be okay. <laughs> you know that with a big family, sometimes uh, it's, it's, it's a commotion. How many of you grew up in a house with many children? Yes. How many of you know what it's like to have commotion? Yes, commotion. And sometimes messes. And the Bible talks about um, there's much labor and increase by the strength of an ox, but there's also messes messes well you know when you invite pastor there there's more to the entourage than me and my wife I, I wonder how many were normally in the entourage of Jesus can you imagine inviting Jesus over to your house oh what a nice quiet time no I see there was Peter James and John Peter didn't know how to be quiet and then there were the others and then there were more. There were a group of, did you know that Jesus' entourage was actually pretty large? This passage tells us that in Jesus' ministry, there were certain women which had been healed. And it says at the end of verse 3, and many others which ministered unto him of their substance. These are part of the people that traveled with Jesus. Now, let me ask you, why do you think they wanted to travel with Jesus? He had the words of life. He had the words of life. Does anyone remember the story of the demoniac and how he had devils cast out of him? Does anyone remember what he wanted to do when Jesus was leaving? He wanted to go with them. 
I want to come with you. And Jesus said, rather go home to your house and show what great things God has done for you. Well, Jesus did allow a number of people to travel along, some men, some women. I believe what you have here is, number one, faithful followers. Faithful followers. Now, what are the names of some of these? Well, it says in chapter 8, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils. Um, then you have also Joanna and Susanna. We're going to see some other names. There's actually five specific names given of ladies who were faithful followers in other passages. These were people who... Um, think they did as they followed Jesus I believe that they bore witness to who Jesus was that you remember when John the Baptist said are you the one that's come or do we look for another I'm in prison now and he said go tell him the blind see the deaf hear the lame walk those are the credentials of the Messiah here are these ladies they are walking credentials of who Jesus is. Some of you, some of you have testimonies of, like me. I got saved in 1982, five years old, very little. Others of you have testimonies where God revolutionized your life. When you got saved, it was day and night. I mean, God got a hold of you, and it was amazing the change that God wrought in your life. For a five-year-old boy, um, I, you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't leave the, the gang. I didn't. But there's these people were walking credentials of the power of Jesus. Now, it's not hard to understand why they followed these faithful helpers. They were also number two. They were committed contributors committed contributors now the bible says in luke chapter 8 that they ministered verse 3 unto him of their substance now look at the three ladies i believe one of the reasons it gives their names is to show you how different they were one of them was known for having devils before she met jesus another's known for being married to the steward of who Herod, wouldn't you think that she came from a place where they were paid pretty well? And there's Susanna. <clears throat> there's no credentials added there. I believe that there's some, it's almost like God says they were people from all different walks of life. They were, but they were all contributors. Now, they ministered out of their substance. What does that mean? They gave. Jesus sees needs and he just, he multiplies. It's amazing. He multiplies and feeds 5,000 people and women and children. Could Jesus have fed them the entire time on earth? Did he have to rely upon these ladies to meet their needs? But he only, we only know of him feeding the thousands a couple times. <laughs> Jesus humbled himself to depend upon others. He also 
allowed other people to have a part in spiritual ministry. Is that important? Yeah. You want your children to have a part in spiritual ministry? I mean, you saw Micaiah lead singing this morning. Mm -hmm. But we can have lots of our young men lead singing. We can have lots of our young people serve. We want you serving. Having a part of the ministry. Well, Jesus certainly encouraged it. This, um, I believe this sets a precedent that those who preach the gospel should be supported by those who benefit from it. Mm -hmm. Kind of sets up a precedent for missions work later. Now, Paul says, um, muzzle not the ox, right? Mm -hmm. Referring to the Old Testament. Well, Jesus had the same principle right in his ministry. So you have faithful followers. You have committed contributors. I'd like you to see also these ladies were faithful from beginning to end. Um, I want you to get your Bible. Let's do some turning to some passages this morning. I believe these ladies, you'll see them all throughout um, the Gospels. Now, before we do that, Luke was one to mention the ministry of ladies, and God honored many by mentioning them. But let me just start in the Gospel of Luke and see if you recognize some of the names. We're going to go from Luke right into Acts. Why Acts? Because who wrote Acts? Luke, Luke did. So... One of the first ladies mentioned by Luke is Elizabeth. Elizabeth's the mother of John the Baptist. And then in chapter 1 of Luke, Mary. And then Anna. Who was Anna? The old, the old saint of God in the temple. And uh, then chapter 4, Simon Peter's mother-in-law. No, Peter wasn't the Pope. He was married. He had a mother-in-law. And then the widow of Nain is mentioned in chapter 7. Remember the sinful woman who came to Jesus and washed his feet with her and her tears. Kissed his feet from the moment he got there. Uh, I would be embarrassed. But she humbled himself, herself. And do you remember what Jesus said? Her sins, which are many, are forgiven. She loveth much, but to whom little is forgiven, loveth little. You remember, this is the woman with the issue of blood, chapter 8, and then Mary and Martha, who had a brother named, what was his name? Lazarus. Then you have the crippled woman in chapter 13 of Luke. I, Luke mentions a lot of ladies. He honors. By the way, God was the one who said, write down who they are. I find it fascinating that I cannot think of one lady. Maybe some of you can correct me. I can't think of one lady in the ministry of Jesus who ever said anything bad about him, did anything wrong to him. Lots of men. Lots of men. It's, it's interesting. Luke mentions the... The um, woman with the lost coin, Luke 15, the parable of the widow and the unjust judge. Remember that? Remember the, the, the widow who gave all? Remember the widow's might? Or the women at the cross, the women at the tomb. Then you come to Acts, and the women are in the upper room. What are they doing with the rest of the disciples? Praying. Then you have a woman who was um, 
who died. Remember her in the early church? With her husband. Sapphira. Sapphira. Then you have the widows. What was the name of the one lady who was known for her deeds? She died. She's raised back from the dead. Dorcas. Dorcas. Then you have Mary, the mother of Mark. They met, the church met in, in that house. Yeah. What was the name of the young lady who, when Peter shows up back from prison, Peter's here, Peter's here. Oh, no, 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 it's his angel. Rhoda, Rhoda. Amazing how many ladies are mentioned in the Gospels and in Acts. And then you have Lydia. You have a slave girl who's healed in Acts 16. You have many honorable Greek women in Acts 17, Damaris. You've got, who was the one who tutored and helped along? Remember the guy who was eloquent in the scriptures? In Acts, anyone remember his name? Apollos, Apollos. And who, who was the couple who helped in the teaching and training of Apollos more um, uh, Priscilla. Amazing. Priscilla and Aquila. And then you have Philip's four daughters. Didn't, aren't there a lot of ladies mentioned in the Word of God? How about how about Paul's sister? Does anyone remember that Paul had a sister? Well, uh, it says Paul's sister's son. So it mentions Paul's sister in Acts 23 and then Bernice. There's a lot of ladies mentioned. By the way, this, again, reminds me that when the Bible speaks of saying, well done, thou good and faithful servant, I believe many of them will be ladies who serve God in local churches. I really believe that. It's, I want you to see this. You've already seen Luke chapter 8, where the Bible says certain women ministered unto him of their substance. Luke chapter 23. We're going to turn to Luke chapter 23. Luke 23, verse number 55. Luke chapter 23, verse 55. Luke 23, 55. And the women also which came with him from Galilee. Oh, it identifies who they are, where they came from. Followed after and beheld the sepulcher and how his body was laid. And they returned and prepared spices and ointments and rested the Sabbath day according to the commandment. Did you catch that those were ladies that followed him? All the way back from Galilee. But now at this point he's, he's dead. Now would you turn to Matthew chapter 27. Matthew chapter 27. Let's look at these ladies a little further. Matthew chapter 27. Verse number 55. Matthew 27, 55. I will tell you. I can preach into a microphone, but it's not the same. One of the things that I miss so very much, Matthew, is hearing the pages of the Bible turn. So David says we're saying that I don't give people time to turn in front of a microphone. Okay, so I'm saying Matthew 27, 55 for the fifth time. Okay. And many women were there, beholding afar off, which followed Jesus from Galilee, same crowd, ministering unto him. 
Oh, so the ladies in Luke 23 that followed from Galilee were the same ladies that ministered unto him of their substance. That's right. Mark chapter 15. Mark chapter 15. Now, why would God bring to the forefront and mention so many times these ladies who followed Jesus and ministered to Jesus? Because it's important to God. It's important to God. Mark chapter 15, verse number 40. There were also women looking afar off on afar off, among whom was Mary Magdalene. Aha, it is the same lady. And Mary, the mother of James the Less, and of Joseph, and Salome. So there's two more ladies mentioned. It's Mary, the mother of, of James the Less, and Joseph, and Salome, who also, when he was in Galilee, followed him and ministered unto him, and many other women which came up with him unto Jerusalem. They followed him from Galilee, ministering all the way to Jerusalem. Look, if you would, to back to Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24, verse number 10. Luke 24, 10. It says, It was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and other women that were with them which told these things, what things? The resurrection. Unto the apostles. And their words seemed to them as idle tales and believed them not. Now, isn't this incredible? You have these ladies who, they've been with Jesus since the time he was in Galilee preaching. From city to city. And they followed him all the way to the cross. They stood way afar off. Remember the word far, and put a, put a, it's like called an alpha primitive, but in English it'd be just the A in front of it. Thirst, he was a thirst. He was hungry. He was an hungered. When they're far away, but then when they're afar, that removes it even further. When you're an how many of you right now are a thirsting? You're a thirsting. I mean, you're really thirsty. Then there's some of you that are in hunger right now. You are ready to eat. You are famished, Braxton Sunday. You know, when, when the difference between a far and a far is these ladies were way off, way off. And they're watching from afar the cross. I believe what you have there is both care and affection and at the same time, an honor of modesty. They're way far off. I believe that at the time of his death, you would think there would be apostles who would say, you know what? We weren't with him. We scattered like sheep when the shepherd was stricken. But we're going to give him a decent burial. You don't see that. You know who gave him a decent burial? Well, some of them did. Nicodemus. Joseph of Arimathea and the group of ladies. It's, it's rather remarkable this how even you look at, wouldn't you say the death of Christ was an important event in history? Wouldn't you say the resurrection is 
the greatest event in all human history, the resurrection. This is why we have Sunday morning worship. If Christ is not risen, our faith is in vain. You know who Jesus Christ, the, the first post-resurrection announcement that Jesus had, has risen is given to? The ladies. Do you know the first human beings get to carry the, the message of the gospel to the apostles? The ladies. Amen. The faithful ones who followed and ministered to Jesus the whole time. Isn't that remarkable? That tells me something. That tells me that God honors faithful women. God honors faithful women. That also tells me that God encourages women too, ladies, to be involved in the work of God. Now, there, there's a difference. We, we understand that between men and women. God made the difference. It's God's distinction that he's made. Um, he called 12 apostles. He didn't make six men, six ladies. He had 70 that he sent out to a larger area. He didn't make it 35 men, 35 ladies. The Bible's consistent that, that women were not to preach or teach and have authority over the men. And that's what the Bible teaches. If we hold to the Bible, we must hold to that too. At the same time, I see a great emphasis put on the faithfulness of godly women. Now, this is, it's amazing, even Jesus cared from the cross. Jesus looked down before he died, and he sees one of the men in his inner circle. Remember Peter, James, and John? And he looks down at John. Now, John's the only one of the apostles that is mentioned, whom the Lord loved. He looks down at John. Now, John had a special closeness to Jesus, don't you think? Remember in the upper room, it's the Last Supper, John's the closest. John has his head rested right on Jesus. In fact, Peter knows. Not very close. Peter knows that John has a special closeness to Jesus. And so Peter says, remember when, when Jesus says, one of you will betray me. Peter says, hey, John, ask him. Hey, John, he'll tell you. Ask him who it is. You ever, you ever had, um, you ever had children that they they put a certain child up to asking, <laughs> or else they ask mom rather than dad because there's more of it, or dad first before mom, there's more of a chance they might get what they want. Well, Peter says to John, ask Jesus who's going to betray. And Jesus looks down from the cross and he looks at John and he tasks John with taking care of Mary, his earthly mother. Isn't that a kind of caring compassion that Jesus showed? Even while he's dying? Now, this is, this is a book that honors godly ladies. I have always found it fascinating that in Proverbs, when you read through Proverbs, you come to Proverbs 31, which is about who? The godly, the virtuous woman. And when you're reading through, I always love it. I, I, it catches me because it says, 
Who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies? The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her so that he shall have no need of spoil. She'll do him good and not evil all the days of her life. Verse 13 starts out with the word she. Verse 14 starts out with the word she. 15 starts out with she. 16 starts out with she. 17. She. 18. She. 19. She. 19. She. 19. She. I already said 19. 20. She. 21. She. 22. She. 23 is not she. It says her husband. Where did he come from? And the whole verse says her husband is known in the gates. The whole point is, do you know why he's known? Because of the first word, her. Did God get off track? She, 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 she. Oh, yeah, her husband? No. The whole point of it is the reason he sits there, one of the reasons that he is known in the gates is because she understands her role and she gets God's original content. And he's respected largely due to the ministry of his life. Always enjoyed the illustration about Thomas Wheeler, CEO of Massachusetts Mutual Life Insurance Company. He and his wife, they were driving along the interstate. They stopped to get some gasoline and they find a rundown one horse gas station. And there's this attendant who comes out and checks the oil. That tells you how long ago that was. And uh, fills the tank and goes around and checks it. He goes out to stretch his legs. He comes back and his wife is having an animated conversation with this gas station attendant like they've known each other for years. Well, when he comes back, you know, he pays and they leave. And he says, did, did, you, uh, did, you, did you know him? She said, yes. We went to high school together. We dated each other in high school for a year. And the CEO of Massachusetts Mutual Life Insurance started chuckling. He said, boy, were you lucky I came along. <laughs> if you had married him, you'd have been the wife of a gas station attendant instead of the chief executive officer's wife. She said, dear, if I had married him, he'd have been the chief executive officer. <laughs> you'd have been the gas station attendant. That is what the verse is saying. The verse is saying, she does this, she does this, she does this, and her husband is known. Her husband's known. What does it tell me? It tells me that the truth is that many men are made so much more godly and better men because of their wife. Amen. Amen. I was waiting. Amen. Isn't it true that a wife can destroy a husband or can help make a I've heard many preachers say, and I can relate to it, that people put up with me, but they love my wife. You know, this is, it's wonderful to have a wife who is faithful, a wife who loves the Lord. This, this passage, Matthew chapter 8, it encourages ladies to be faithful and 
committed to the givers of themselves. This passage lifts up, it exalts Bobby Lennon. Many nights I wake up and I'll look at my phone. I know my mom many nights will have a text there, one, two, three in the morning. You know, she doesn't sleep at night very well. And it'll, it'll commonly say, pray for me, I'm in awful pain. I'm, I'm nauseated because of the pain. My neck, my back, many of you have that. Some of you know what that's like. And I, I, I'm thankful that my children are able to grow up and know their grandma. Be influenced by grandma. I'm thankful to have a mom raw, Rebecca's mother. She loves her. I think of mothers who cry out to God for their children on their knees. They'll cry out, oh God, my son is so lost. Save my daughter, Lord, before it's too late. Send someone. I think of moms and dads who cry out, say, Lord, they're saved, but they're not serving you with their heart. They're not giving over to you, oh God. I think of moms who are on their knees each day, each night, crying out to God. And can I urge you to continue to be faithful? to continue to be committed to give up yourself. Because God marks faithfully. Have you seen it in the scripture this morning? That there was an entourage of ladies that followed and God said, write it down, Matthew. Write it down, Mark. Write it down, Luke. Luke, write it over and over and over. Luke, I want you to write the names of at least 28 ladies who faithfully served me. And tell them there were many others at least three times. You know, God marks faithfully. We need faithful, godly, dedicated mothers to be encouraged this morning. We need husbands to hold up their lives. To thank them for love. The day will come when maybe a spouse will precede us and we'll look back and say, I wish I told him I loved him more. I wish I told him I was thankful for him more. Now's your day. Now's your, do your day. Father in heaven, I thank you so much you're the one who puts the emphasis on faithful, committed ladies. You honor them. I ask you that you would encourage mamas this morning, daughters this morning, even husbands and sons to be faithful and committed because you, our Heavenly Father, honors faithfulness. How many would say this morning, you're a lady, whether a mom or not. But how many of our ladies would say this morning, God spoke to me about being faithfully committed.
if God marks it and God honors it, that's where I want to be. God spoke to me, oh God, I want to be faithful. The Lord spoke to me this morning. Would you set the hand up in the air? The Lord spoke to me, Lord, help me to be a faithful mother. If it's important to you, Lord, it's important to me. How many of our men are saying, Lord, you spoke to me about being faithful, committed, steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. How many of our men say, God spoke to me this morning about that? So if I end up with him. Many, many. Young people, God wants young people who are faithful also. How many young people here this morning would say, you know what? I saw it very plainly in the Bible, God's honoring of young people. Maybe you'd say, my folks prayed for me. I know they prayed for me. God spoke to me. I want to be the man of God, the lady of God. God wants me to be. God spoke to me this morning about being faithful. Would you slip a hand up in the air? Maybe you'd say, I know my folks prayed for me. I want to be found faithful. I want to be faithful unto death from start to finish. Last of all, I'd like us all, would you look up here? Let's stand to our feet.